Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. I stand amazed at what God has joined together. Cause with the good time, there were a few bad days. But we held on to the promise, the promises we made on the first day. I still choose you to have until we're all the same. So stay faithful to the one day. Well, hello, and welcome to the Covenant Love Couples Chat. My name is Leonard Scott. And my name is Christina Scott, and we are broadcasting to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Couple Chat is brought to you by Six Covenant Groups, where our mission is to assist married couples in fulfilling God's plan for strong and committed marriage. Before we begin our show this evening, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for this opportunity, oh God, to minister to your people, to your couples, oh God, regarding their marriages, oh God. We know, God, that you are the author and creator and finisher of marriages, oh God. And that, Father, that you have designed for us a way to operate. And we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And we pray, God, for every couple, Lord, that may be listening or that may in the future listen to the show and that it may be a blessing to them and their marriage. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to the show once again. <clears throat> we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to the broadcast as usual. For our last couple of shows, we have taken the time to discuss sexual fulfillment in marriage. And this is a series that we have entitled Between the Sheets for Married Couples Only. Now, tonight we're going to continue that series as we still have a little bit more ground to cover as it relates to this topic. If you have not listened to parts one and two of this series, We strongly suggest that you take time to do so, as we believe that every part of this series will bless you and your marriage. In parts one and two, we took time to discuss the seven factors that negatively influence our marital sexual relationships. Amen. And before I go any further, I just wanted to take a second to wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day weekend. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it and definitely appreciative of all the work and and effort that is put in by the fathers out there to um, 
just to be what God has called him to be with, with the family, to be, uh, you know, to fill that the man role, being a provider and, and doing those things that, are, that he's supposed to do. And, and just thank you for all the work and hard work you put into um, doing what you do. So we just want to say happy Father's Day to you all. Yes, happy Father's Day. Amen. So with tonight, in part three of our series, um, we're going to to, uh, focus specifically on the seven characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband. Okay? If you strictly go by what you see on TV or maybe what you hear on the radio, you would be led to believe that as long as a married man is having sex, that he is sexually fulfilled. And I contend tonight that this could not be further from the truth. Uh, There indeed is so much more that is needed for a husband to enjoy the level of sexual satisfaction that God has ordained us to have. Uh, In terms of analogy, I know I do sports analogies often, but I think this fits here. Uh, In terms of a sports analogy, saying that a husband is sexually fulfilled only if he is having sex is like saying that an all-star football player in the National Football League such as a Pro Bowl receiver, for example, is fulfilled simply by being on the football field and playing. And that is simply not the case. You listen to professional football players when they're interviewed, um, especially the truly gifted ones, you'll see that there are several things in common when it comes to when they talk about their enjoyment of the game. You'll hear things over and over again, such as being considered a valuable asset by the team, uh, having the respect and admiration of coaches and teammates, and also having great camaraderie in the locker room and great synergy, uh, and working all working together as a team uh, to reach the team's full potential. Because so these are things that you you'll always hear from great football players when they talk about what they love about the game, and in the same vein, when it comes to sexual fulfillment of a husband within a marriage, it's not just a black and white issue. Um, but I will say that the good news is that although certain things are out of your control when it comes to this, uh, there are certain things that are absolutely in your control when it comes to having a sexually fulfilled relationship with your wife. So tonight, um, we're going to arm the husbands out there with the knowledge of several characteristics or actions, if you will, that will help you reach true fulfillment when it comes to sexual relations with your wife. Amen. So we're going to talk about the seven characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband. All right, Christina? Yes, correct. The sexually fulfilled husband, the seven characteristics. The first one is, uh, number one, that he has a plan to guard against sexual temptation. He has a plan to guard against sexual temptation. Husbands must comprehend in their minds that there is no such thing as innocent flirting when it comes to women. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.18 to flee sexual immorality. Flee sexual immorality, which we talked about that in the past about immorality, uh, which is all kind of illicit sexual activities. And the Bible tells us to flee. Now, to flee means to run, for those that don't understand the word flee. It doesn't mean to pray about it. You just got to run. Um, it's kind of like the old saying, 
that you've heard people say. I don't know how many people say it now, but, you know, if you play with fire sooner or later, you're going to get burnt or burned or whatever you want to call it. But if we play with fire, that's what happens. Um, so we don't want to do that. We want to always have a plan. It's kind of like we, for those that have children, when you uh, ask your children or when they're about to do something that you know is not good for them in the long run, you have to also, husbands, train yourselves to ask the question, what may happen if I blank? What may happen if I flirt with this woman at work? What may happen if I go to lunch with this woman at work? You know, what may happen if I speak to this woman in the grocery store? We have to count the cost of decisions or things that we might do. Again, just like we, we try to teach our children, you know, to, to do, you know, what could happen if you do X? So in order to do that, in order to be able to count the cost, in order to um, sort of mentally start processing those things, we have to have a plan. Men have to have a plan. Husbands have to have a plan. Just like planning for a concert, if you're getting ready to go to a concert and see Shaka Khan or Rufus um, <laughs> or sporting events, go see the Falcons or vacation, you just can't go. you got a plan. Right. You have to make a plan. You have to purchase a ticket. You have to make, clear the date, make sure that the date works, that you can go, that you don't have to go to work, that you don't have to do something else. And if you have children, you got to figure out, okay, where are you going to uh, leave the kids with, who's going to be a sitter. So it's a plan. Um, and part of that plan is, again, counting the cost before you undertake anything. So the other part of that planning is to not be swayed by the circumstance and to to have a plan of prayer as well. So men have to continue to pray and be watchful and vigilant against the plans of the enemy because that's what they are. At the end of the day, it's the plan of the enemy to destroy you and to destroy your marriage. And the Bible tells us to be watchful and vigilant against the enemy's plan. So part of our plan is to have a strong prayer life also in order to do that. Amen. Senator? Yes, so... That it was number one. Number two, in terms of the characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband, is that he guards his mind against unhealthy programming. He guards his mind against unhealthy programming. Our scriptural context for this tonight comes from Proverbs chapter 7, verses, well, it's really the whole chapter, but I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. And I uh, strongly encourage you all to read the entire chapter, especially the husbands out there. Um, uh, it reads, My son, keep my words. It's coming from uh, King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. And treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. And my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your nearest kin that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice, and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youth, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. Amen. <laughs> and the chapter goes on and on to talk about how a lack of understanding with regards to sex and, and sexual morality, how that can lead you down that path that you have no business leading down uh, with, with, with consequences that you don't want to have. And so uh, I read this, this passage tonight um, in relationship to this because 
psychologists are only now really beginning to recognize that what a person does sexually in his youth stays with him for the rest of his life unless that person takes deliberate steps to correct those first critical lessons. You know, we've talked earlier on this on our show about, um, in previous shows, about educating your children. Uh, I want to take a time, a minute or two here to talk about that. It's so important that us as parents um, take the time out to really educate our children in this area of sex. And really, tonight we're talking about the men. Um, so when it, when it comes to raising our boys, we really need to make sure that they are keenly aware of everything that is out there in this area. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, what happens if you do it and don't do certain things? What happens, you know, what was God's original intent for it? What what are the, the, the gains and, uh, of waiting until your wedding night to have sex? I mean, just going all in towards educating them with all the different things that they're going to have to deal with when they get older. And by implanting the seed of the correct way to look at it um, in them early uh, will certainly help them hopefully uh, to make the right decisions when they get older and are having these opportunities uh, to have sex with other people. And so uh, we, we definitely need to make sure we do that. Um, so along that vein, you know, we need to make sure we teach them that going to strip clubs or watching pornos and masturbating or even listening to sexually explicit music takes your mind and ultimately your body away from God intended for you in terms of having that sexual fulfillment with your spouse. You know, these days it's 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 taboo, it's 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 all the videos, it's anywhere you turn, they're they're, you know, glorifying the yeah. this this <laughs> the clubs and the, you know, and the, the dancing that they do in the videos and things like that, and they're glorifying that. And so that's why we need to take time out to talk to our kids about what that can potentially do to you as you get older. And for the, the husbands out there, I will say this, that pornography and fantasy do not require mental intimacy. And if you be honest with yourselves, you, you will agree with me. It doesn't require mental intimacy with a real person because when those things are happening, you're totally focused on the physical. Okay? So the person who uses these artificial techniques, the, the pornography, the music, and you know, masturbate and all that, uh, may grow up physically, and you might be able to masturbate and ejaculate to, to pictures and images and things like that, but you're totally sidestepping the real world of, world of learning how to solve problems and to live and deal with a real person, okay? Uh, Dr. Joe Kaplan, a, a well-known therapist, states that the best aphrodisiac or love potion known to our man isn't oysters or vitamins or pornos or <laughs> music, uh, explicit music. It's love, knowing how to show love to your spouse. Um, that will increase your sexual desire and pleasure. And you might be wondering, what are you talking about, showing love? It's just like as us as parents. Like when we are raising our children, that we continue to pour more and more into them. And it's like I know I can feel it myself. I know Christina as well. The more you pour into them, the more you, the more you really love them, the more you want to see them do, reach their full potential and be the best that they can be. And you know, it's kind of like 
you value the time. Whatever you, 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 you spend your time on, that's what you value. And uh, so, you know, we, when we do that, we take the time out to, to give our, all out to our kids and what we have, then you just you, you have that, that love for them. You want them to, to see them be the best they can be. Christina? Correct. <clears throat> That's a very good point there um, regarding, you know, with our children. Absolutely. I think that's where, you know, we help to raise up the next generation of God's people and his heirs to the promise of God. And I think that we have to continue to pour into our children and teach them the correct way to go and the things of God, even if we didn't want to talk them ourselves. We have to be committed to that. Because right now, I've, um, I heard a pastor say, I think it was my pastor said this recently, about this generation is probably one of the most creative generations ever to walk the planet. And they are also one of the most attacked generations as it relates to the enemy. They are under attack. And that's because the enemy sees their potential and sees in them what they can accomplish. Um, and therefore, that's why they are dealing with more stuff than we ever dealt with. Right. What our parents ever dealt with. So much stuff thrown at them is crazy. And so a part of that is still getting back to the word of God so they understand some of these things about, you know, you know, the things that they do in their childhood and, you know, searching for the right way. Because we live in a world now where they're calling wrong right. The Bible talks about that. So um, so very good point there. Um, number three, the third point here um, as it relates to um, the seven areas. Number three, he is respected by his wife. He is respected by his wife. In Matthew seven twelve, Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 12, I'm going to read it. It says, so then, whatever you desire that others would do to and for you, even so do also to and for them. For this is the law and the prophets. And I'm reading from the Amplified version of the Bible. And you've heard the scripture before. It sounds a little different with Amplified. Uh, but basically the scripture that says, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So a large part of a person's service to God comes not from keeping score on how others treat him or her, but on treating others the way he wants to be treated. So when we talk about respect, it's, you know, in order to get respect, you show respect. You right. have to be respectful towards the wife in order to receive the respect back. You know, a, a husband can't have the attitude, I'm the king, I'm the castle, you know, I'm, you know, woman, you're supposed to do what I tell you. And, you know, just that sort of dictatorship mentality can't operate in that way. It's not God's way. And husbands, in turn, um, love for their wives to, you know, put their arms around them and send them love notes and send them, nice words of affirmation, um, and he wants to feel as if he's the king of the castle. A man's basic need is for reverence, and we talked about that a while ago in a show <laughs> as it relates yeah. to the basic needs of the husband. So this is kind of going towards that respect and reverence. Um, so those are some of the things that are important. Um, in Proverbs 7 and 21, um, let me take a minute to find that Proverbs seven twenty one. Okay, seven twenty one says, "With much justifying, 
and enticing arguments, she persuades him. With the allurement of her lips, she leads him to overcome his conscience and his fears and forces him along. Okay? Wow. So, again, at all stages and ages of their lives, all men at some point need and crave open feminine appreciation. And that's kind of what the scripture is talking about them. She persuades them with her lips and she's saying nice things to him, essentially. Um, without honest feminine praise, many men are easily trapped by flattering lips. Okay. <laughs> So in other words, if you know, if someone if you're not praising your husband wives out there and showing them the affirmations, you know, with words and deeds, uh, then someone else might. It's kinda how it goes. And again, not to say that, you know, that you know, X plus Y equals Z, but it there is a correlation. Um because men can easily be trapped by those types of things, by women who pay attention to them in the workplace, out in the streets, whatever. And if they're not receiving that at home as well, as well as the respect, because part of that is the respect as well, then that you the trap is set in a sense. And, of course, again, this is all, you know, foundationally with prayer and, and we're talking about men who are walking by the Word of God, and that's the first thing, uh, to be grounded in the Word of God. But outside of that, you do have that other aspect. Um, so it's, it's a man's desires to be respected by his wife uh, in order to be sexually fulfilled as well. Amen. Amen. That is a very, very good point, Christina. Uh, and as you said, we've taken time out in previous shows to really go in more detail about that. And, you know, sometimes you just wonder why things happen, uh, why did he step out or whatever. And, and a lot of times it's just because of all the way uh, the woman is talking to him. And, uh, that's just a fact. And so we just want to make sure that uh, the right communication is going on um, both ways. Uh, but certainly when it comes to a man being sexually fulfilled, he definitely needs to feel as if he's appreciated uh, by his wife and respected more so than anything else uh, by his wife. So great point there. All right. So let's go to the fourth characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband. He is emotionally connected to his wife and seeks to please her. Let me repeat that. Number four, he is emotionally connected to his wife and seeks to please her. Okay. So you might wonder, why, what does that got to do with <laughs> me having good sex? <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, as we talked about a little bit earlier, it's not it's not just a physical thing um, that's going to help you reach the level that God has ordained you to have in terms of having successful fulfillment. Uh, you need to be emotionally connected to your wife in in many areas, in all areas, really, um, as it relates to even things like money, which is a huge part of the marriage. And we've talked earlier about how that's the number one reason for the war. So if you're not emotionally connected in that area, there are going to be some serious problems, and more than likely you're not going to be fulfilled in the bedroom because of that. Um, talking about kids, being emotionally connected to your wife in terms of how you, you handle the kids, the the house chores and things all needs to be done within the house, um, even emotionally connected to her in terms of common interests. I'm sure there was a reason why the two of you all got together. Uh, maybe you have a lot of differences and a lot of different uh, things that you like to do, 
um, different things, but I'm sure there are some common things that you like to do together. And being able to connect even with those things uh, on a regular basis uh, will help you be emotionally connected to your wife. Um, so it's very, very important that we get out of this whole, it's it's just a physical thing because it's not. Uh, there's been too many studies that have happened from doctors and psychologists to tell you that it, if you really want to reach that level of intimacy with your with your wife, that it can't just be a physical thing. Uh, okay. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 29 says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and ch- cherishes it, but just as the Lord just as the Lord does the church. And so, again, we want to seek to not only be mostly connected, but we want to seek to please our wives. So we're basically saying that if, that if a man loves himself and wants what is best for himself, he should definitely nourish his wife. He doesn't love her or do what is best for her just when it's handy or when he feels like it mm-hmm. <laughs> or when he wants sex. You know what I mean? He takes care of her needs with the same diligence that he takes care of his own body and his own needs. And this all, everything we're talking about tonight all works together to making sure that the man has the best opportunity to have sexual fulfillment in his marriage, okay? Uh, another point underneath this, emotionally connected and, and seek to please your wife, um, just know that women crave acts of warmth and love. Okay, we talk, give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. You hear that in church all the time. <laughs> well, that's what love is. You give. We, we've talked about, you know, what being unselfish will do to your marriage. It will take it to heights you've never seen before. And so we want to be unselfish, and we want to give not just jewels and all that. I mean, give them acts of warmth and love, you know, tender love, hug them, you know, Kiss on them, you know, give them just some affection. You know, we basic needs of a wife. We talked about it a long time ago. Affection is high on the list. High, yes, absolutely. So it's not all about, oh, let me just go get her uh, a bracelet so she won't be bad at me, you know, for the next two months. You know, I'm good, you know. <laughs> it can't be like that, okay? All right. Now, here's here's why we're saying do these things. Because studies have shown that a large percentage of husbands – and we're talking about one out of three, 33% wow. of husbands are frustrated because their wives may yield to their sexual demands, but they aren't available emotionally to their husbands. Their wives are basically what we call cold lovers. And husbands, if you would be honest with yourself, and you will agree that your sexual experience at the end of the day is 10 times better when your wife is emotionally involved with it. I mean, I'm just going to tell you the truth. It, you know, it's a, it's a teenager or a, adult, a young adult. It might be like, oh, just let me just go ahead and do a quick one-minute thing and be gone and, be out and, and I'm good. But when you get married and years go by, I can tell you personally that having a wife that is sexually uh, into it, if you will, for lack of better words, <laughs> and into emotionally and enjoying the experience along with you means that you're going to have a better overall fulfilled, fill, be fulfilled in this area overall. And um, it's, it's so true. 
It's so true. So we definitely want to do these little things. We want to make sure that they feel appreciated, that we, we, we cherish them, we nourish them, all in the in the vein of, of that they feel when it comes time to take care of business, if you will, that uh, everyone is feeling the way they need to feel in order to reach the, the sexual fulfillment that God has ordained us to have. Christina? All right. Okay. Amen. All right. So we're going to continue um, with the fifth characteristic of a sexually fulfilled husband, and that is that the husband has the right attitude toward his wife and women in general. Amen. That the husband has the right attitude toward his wife and women in general. Again, the Word of God in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Amplified Version says, in the same way you married men should live considerably, I'm sorry, considerately with your wives, with an intellect, recognition of the marriage, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace, God's unmerited favor of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. Okay? Mm. So here Peter is giving instructions. Wives live with your wives in honor. Husbands live with their wives in honor. And treating them well, having the right attitude toward them so that God will hear your prayer and that you will be continue to receive God's favor. Okay? So again, Peter is telling the husband to change their attitude towards the women and seek to understand his wife's womanhood. And part of that womanhood is a wife's femininity. And when a man or husband truly understands his wife's feminine quality, she becomes more attractive to him. And when a man appreciates his wife's feminine characteristics, he brings out her feminine qualities that much more. Okay, so when, a, when the husband has the right attitude and can respect his wife, um, then he is viewing her as a tremendous asset and not a burden to him. So, you know, it, no physical thing, no pill, no shot, you know, treatment, medical treatment can overcome bad attitudes toward the wife. It's something that you have to do. Um, the bad attitude towards the wife can block physical sensations in sexual intercourse and even destroy the desire itself. So in other words, if your attitude is off, it can also hurt your sexual intercourse and, and the desire that you have for the wife. So they're all related, kind of like what Leonard just talked about as it relates to being emotionally connected. Um, any husband also who does not grant his wife honor for the sake of the quote-unquote office that she holds does not understand the value of the difference between men and women. And any man who doesn't honor the office is disobeying God, essentially, because he's cheating himself out of the proper attitude for enjoying great sexual delight with his wife. So the honor comes, again, not from necessarily the person themselves, but from the office. You honor the office of wife, just like a wife is to honor the office of husband, so that 
forefront of our mind have an understanding of what God has, is doing in the marriage. Because remember, God created husband and created with certain roles and certain responsibilities. So we want to make sure that we're kind of operating in those areas. And then when we're mad at them, we still honor the office. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's move on to number six. Again, we're talking about the seven characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband. And number six, he does not seek the quote-unquote adrenaline rush. He does not seek the adrenaline rush. Mm. <laughs> so what we're saying for number six is many times when a man engages in risky, novel, or taboo sex, such as the young man of Proverbs chapter 7, he, he does experience an adrenaline rush along with his sexual arousal. However, this adrenaline rush is very addictive, and many men seek it out. So here's a problem we have here. So when you start, you know, men, if you happen to get involved with outside of marriage or you're, you're get thrown into to watching pornography and you get caught up in techniques and doing things that are taboo in terms of sex, and you might get a, a quick rush from that stuff, um, it, that rush becomes very addictive. So what that means is you get to a point where you can't reach sexual fulfillment unless you are having that particular stimuli that, that gave you that adrenaline rush from the, the beginning. And it's kind of like, you know, a drug addict, I mean, if you will. Um, when they get that first hit and they get that, that rush, they, they, you know, they will tell you, and, and studies have shown, and interview, if you interview them, they'll tell you, you always are trying to get back to that, that rush, that, that feeling you felt that very first time. And so that's why we need to make sure that we educate our young men uh, appropriately from the very beginning, so they're not seeking the wrong things to be, you know, to, and having that adrenaline rush. Okay, so we we need to make sure that we make sure that we take the time again to to make sure that we have the right stimuli. What what are we really talking about when it comes to sex? And what is it about? It's not about pornography. It's not about techniques. All these books out there with, you know, a hundred different ways to have sex. So, you know, so you get involved. I mean, Christina, we've been through all this stuff, okay? So it's not, we're talking about stuff that we, not that we're just talking about, that we know. When we, we talked earlier in our shows about how we had issues earlier in our marriage and, and one of the things was going, following these books and stuff. And, and then you, you get wrapped up in that. And so when you're not doing those things, then you're not fulfilled anymore. And it's not any about that stuff, okay? It's, again, about connecting emotionally and spiritually and physically with your wife. That's it. And so another thing we want to talk about with this adrenaline rush is learning the art of self-control. Learning the art of self-control. It can't just be, I want to just hit it and run. <laughs> we got to get rid of this hit and run mentality, guys. Get mine and move on. You know, 30 seconds later, you're done. You can just thank you and go on the rest of your day. Um, we need to learn a lot of self-control. And, and you'll be surprised that 
there are studies out there uh, from an unknown doctor, Dr. Zilbergeld, for example, that says by exercising and strengthening his PC muscle, you didn't think we're going to get with health body, you know, health concerns tonight, but strengthening his PC muscle can have a man can have better control, increased physical sensations, and enjoy stronger and more pleasurable orgasms. Okay, we, when you hear about PC muscles or Kegel exercises, we we commonly hear that about the wife and making sure that she's doing those um, so that she can, you know, not pee all over the place when she coughs when she gets 65. But but men as well also have PC muscles that can be exercised. And instead of trying to buy the latest, you know, pill or potion that's going to make you grow three more inches and, you know, allow you to, to last two hours, we can do simple things like exercise our, our, our PC muscles and uh, and give us a more and uh, pleasurable experience uh, with sex. Okay, so again, we want to take the time with our spouse, connect with them physically and emotionally, and that will help you reach where you need to reach within between the sheets. Uh, I will end this point by saying this: that studies have shown that it takes the man longer than a woman to develop true emotional bond, and that's why, you know, as teenagers, boys, and uh, young adult, you know, all you want to do is like, you know, dog, we're like dogs in heat. You know, you just want to hit and run. You know, and and that's studies have shown that it takes a man longer than a woman to develop true emotional bond. And if he doesn't develop it before sexual activity commences, especially within a marriage, um, then the sexual embrace is going to disappoint him. It might not be right away, but eventually it will, um, because of some of the things that we talked about tonight. And and likewise, the the women's the woman's physical desires develop slower uh, than a man's while her emotional bonding takes place quickly. So women, you know, are more emotional. God created them to be more emotional than we are. We, we're, we're driven by the physical, but that's the way God created us. But uh, we need to make sure that, again, we and if we want to reach where God has called us to reach for sexual fulfillment, we need to take the time, again, to be emotionally bonded to our lives. Christina? So... Interesting. So with that point, it sounds like then to kind of still going to the point of, uh, you know, going back to the children, teaching your young people and your children to wait until they get married before they have sex. Because if a man, his if his emotional uh, bond, it takes them longer to develop. And you're saying if, if he doesn't get the strong emotional bond before the sex starts, then it's going to be disappointed. So then it kind of all goes to, yeah, then let's let's all wait here and, and be more mature before we have sex. Amen. Do you agree with that? Is that kind of what, you know, when yeah. I look at that, that's kind of what yeah. I see, um, as well as with the woman. Um, if she physically, is, it takes her longer to develop that, then once again, until you are more mature, even in that area, you've got the emotional bond, but being physically ready, because a lot of times, you know, you've heard that and, and all of us probably know women who felt like they weren't ready the first time, and, and so then there were things that, you know, emotionally sort of had to catch up in their mind. So very interesting. Um, very interesting. So number seven, the last point of a sexually fulfilled husband is that he embraces his role as leader and spiritual head of the house. He embraces his role as leader and spiritual head of the house. Because we know that the man, uh, that is one of his roles as uh, spiritual head. In Ephesians 5, verse 23, it tells us that. 
directly out of the Word of God. It says, for the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. Okay? So if a man essentially runs away from his role or denies his role as head of the wife, as her provider, protector, and leader, then he won't enjoy making love to her. He'll, she'll seem more like a burden to him, not someone to delight in and embrace and love. Mm. Another point there is that if a man substitutes dictatorship as for wise and loving leadership, in other words, you know, do what I say, woman, don't question me <laughs> mentality, <laughs> dictator. Caveman. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, there you go. Thank you. A caveman mentality, if he's doing that, then bitterness for the wife is soon going to enter the relationship, okay? There's going to be bitterness there. And then at that point, you know, of course, the husband, he still may succeed in forcing her body into physical subjection, but in the process, he makes it extremely hard for her mind to submit to him. So in other words, he has her body, but not her mind. Mm. And again, you know, for most of the time, as, as you just, as Leonard just stated, a lot of times the emotional bond takes place quickly. So then I guess with the bitterness you're breaking, that's going to break the emotional bond and you'll have the physical but not the, the mental. So you need both. Um, the man, the husband's drive to subdue the earth often hides the benefits of quality time from him. Because men, you know, God, first thing God did was gave man a job. So he wants to, to do that. Um, you know, bring their job worries, pressures, and frustrations home kills their desires, and numbs their pleasures a lot of times. So the uh, the husband, again, understanding his role as, as leader of spiritual head, not bringing home all the negative parts of it, but knowing um, that that is his role, you know, can help in sexual fulfillment. Again, when everyone understands their role um, with what God has ordained for us to do. Oh no, no! I think that covers it, and uh, we're excited about this doing the series. Um, we talked tonight about the seven characteristics of a sexually fulfilled husband. Next section, next month, prayerfully, we will be talking about the seven seven characteristics of a sexually fulfilled wife. So it's not just going to be one way. We're going to go all 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 in with this to make sure that um, you all have the best opportunity to have a, a very sexually fulfilled relationship. And um, so we're, we're excited about this series. Um, we have a few more sessions to do on this, and then we're going to wrap it up. And um, so it's, it's, I'm glad we finally got around to doing it. But uh, but in terms of this session, we're, we are out of time, but we're not out of word. And uh, as we always say, remember that marriage is an investment, and its success is directly proportional to the time and the work you put into it. So let's close tonight's session with a quick word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to talk to you about your word tonight. As sex is not often talked about in church, people wanna we want to open people's eyes to what your word says about it, Lord. And as we continue to go through this series, we pray that that a couple that may have listened to this will be sexually free that they will be able to experience the fulfillment and pleasures that you've called us to have in your word. And so we thank you right now, Lord, that there will be testimonies that come forth from your word. And, and we just thank you for your word 
in general, Lord. And we just love you right now for all you've done for us and this Father's Day weekend and all you're going to do for us. And we, we just know, Lord, that you are just a wonderful God. And we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for chiming into our show tonight as your support for our ministry means so much to us. We also want to say thank you as well to those who are listening to the archives. Um, as it does as well, know that people are listening to our shows each and every week. And we def- definitely want to give a special shout-out to those who are listening to us for the first time. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Christina. Yes, thank you for tuning in to our show. And our next show is currently scheduled to take place on Saturday, July 25th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, you can always find our archive shows at www.sacredcovenantgroup.com for any past shows that you would like to review. Until the next time, we wish you peace, prosperity, and most importantly, strong and committed marriages as we move forward in this journey together. Take care. God bless you all. Good night. Good night. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Nobody can.